0: Hi, my name's Adam, and this is the Foster Adoption Podcast, a resource for people who are interested in growing their family by adopting children from foster care. Oh boy, here we go. The first court episode. I remember listening to Tim and Wendy's court podcast over and over and over over again before going to court for the first time. I searched everything I could about our courtroom, which included going to the Yelp page for our courthouse. I learned basic logistics like that unique cash to park and cash for the cafeteria. I just had so many questions about what it would look like, what it would feel like, what was acceptable, what was uncouth. Even with all of that prep work, nothing prepared me for the emotions of that day. Our case had had many court dates before we were ever involved, but the first court date that we were able to go to was exactly three months after the boys moved in. We weren't required to be there, but our oldest boy was, because he was five years old. It was explained to us that if the children are five or older, they can be required to attend different court hearings. We knew about the court date for a couple of months. An investigator from the boys' lawyer's office had come by a few months earlier to interview us, and the boys to help form the lawyer's recommendation. This court date was a hearing to determine the permanency plan for the boys. The judge was tasked with determining whether the boys should continue on an adoption path, whether they should reunify with the birth parents, or whether the biological grandmother should gain custody. Matt had a work event that he couldn't get out of, so we knew early on that it would be just our oldest boy and I going to court. We had spent a couple of weeks preparing him for court and telling him what was going to happen. There are times when we think he understands completely, and then others where it's clear he has a lot of confusion. Understandable. We even watched Angels in the Outfield, because there's a scene where the boy has to go to court, and he sees his birth father there. Immediately, our boy turned and asked, Is my mom going to be at court? We told the truth. We said we didn't know she's invited to be there. I think she's actually required to be there, but we didn't know if she would be. In the weeks leading up to court, we we didn't think about it too much, but a few weeks beforehand, our county worker contacted us out of the blue to inform us that the boy's birth grandmother was trying to get the boys. She and her residents had already been assessed a few times, and each time it was deemed inappropriate for the boys, so we didn't think it was a possibility anymore. But the way our caseworker talked about it now Judges don't always follow the county's recommendations, so she wanted to prepare us in case they ruled that way. We knew that we didn't have very much control over anything that happened at all, so we took advantage of every recourse that we did have. We submitted an official caregiver report, which included pictures and details about the boys' lives. We also applied for de facto parent status, which would allow us to have a lawyer in court to advocate for us some of the caseworkers involved felt that it was way too early for us to be applying for de facto status but we didn't care we we felt like everybody had a voice in the situation and we are the ones who stay with the boys all day long and we wanted to be able to to fight for our boys so our nerves were suddenly really high for the next couple of weeks and everything in our world became about that court day. We did our best to still make it a positive theme for our oldest boy. though. He kept on saying, Yay, I get to go to court like on Angels in the Outfield. The night before, we were on a playground, and the boys met some new friends, and it was so cute. If you've ever seen playground dynamics, where they build kind of a social structure, and they were talking to these new new kids, and they all were trying to figure out when they all were going to be able to meet up at the park again. And and her oldest boy said, Well, I can't go tomorrow because I'm going to court. You know how it is. I chuckled. I, I don't think this other boy knew how it was. I know that I didn't know what we were in for. The day of court was now here. So I now present one of the most intense days of my life. We left early in the morning to battle traffic, and I let him play his new leap pad in the car, something we never thought we would do, but I was determined to say yes as much as possible to him today, to make it a good day. There was no real start time. We were told that court opens at 8 a.m., so we made it there about 8.10, and he was in good spirits as we parked, and he was impressed by how big the building was, and as we walked up, he said, Papa, did you adopt me yet? Oh, what? The things that he probably had in his mind, just such an intense day. And I said, no, mihoi, we, we want to adopt you very badly, but we need to see what the judge says. It's so hard to navigate around <laughs> semantics to make sure that you're not promising and that you're just being, being real with them. We went through the metal detector and went up the elevator to our floor. I'm sure that each county does things a lot differently, but in our county, the entire huge building is just for Family court. This means that pretty much everyone there is sitting there for an intense reason. It's perhaps the most emotional place I've ever been. It's a huge waiting room with no privacy, so there are children being interviewed by lawyers and asked just really intensely personal questions. Parents on opposite sides of custody battles, all sharing space. You look around and it seems like everyone has the weight of the world on their shoulders. There's just so much emotion everywhere in this large waiting room. There were about 20 different courtrooms on our floor, each with a different judge or commissioner. We had heard different things about different judges, some that have a tendency to push for adoption, some that really focus on reunification. I tried to find everything possible out about our particular judge, but in the end it was fruitless and I really didn't find any useful information at all. It's better to go in knowing that your judge's job is to be as fair as possible. That's it. So anyway, we get off the elevator, we go up to our floor, and as soon as we get out of the elevator bank, we walk to the restroom and I hear someone yell our boy's name. I looked over, and it was his birth mom. He didn't hear, but I sure did. All right. She's here. We went into the restroom, and I knew they were out there, so I reiterated with him that he may see his birth mom. So we got out of the restroom. His birth mom came up to him, yelled his name, picked him up, brought him over to where she was sitting with uh, grandma and another woman who I later learned to be a, her sister. Took a deep breath, introduced myself, and shook everyone's hand. Just trying to make it as not awkward as possible. Our boy looked so very uncomfortable in her lap. He, he turned and looked up to me and I said, Okay, ready to find a place to sit? He got down and walked with me, and we found a place to sit so he could play with his leap pad. Awkward. Just so very awkward for everyone involved. We had asked the county and the lawyer what to do if, if the birth mom's there, and they were just so not helpful. They basically said to do what I feel comfortable with. The thing is that the birth mom is allowed to have visits supervised by a social worker. No one else is allowed to have visits. We are sharing this waiting room space and legally they're not exactly allowed to talk to him but there's nothing stopping it from happening and I don't exactly want to stop him from talking to them so the whole day I was like it's his his situation I just let him lead for the most part if he wanted to walk over and sit with them I would have done that but as it were, he just wanted to sit down and play his game and kind of shut out the rest of the world, which I respected wholeheartedly. It was actually such a wonderful gift that I'm still so grateful to Matt for. Matt got his leap pad a few days earlier so he would have something to do during court. And it was perfect because he was able to just tune out the awkwardness of having his past and his future all in the same place. And just focus on this game with his headphones on. Grandma came over to watch him play, and she sat next to him. He had his earphones on, didn't talk at all. Mom was about ten feet away, playing on her phone. She would come over once in a while and say a few words to him, and then go back. It was, it was just hard to imagine what she was going through, and I was trying to have a lot of grace for that. Uh, to not judge any of her actions that day because i don't know i don't know what it's like to be in her situation it's got to be tough so the boy's lawyer came over and he took our, our boy to this spot about 25 feet away and talked to him alone i looked over and and our boy seemed to be okay it seemed like a good conversation he came back and exclaimed papa papa Uh, The lawyer said, we can go on our trip. Can we go? Can we go? We wanted to take the boys out of state to visit family, but we told them that we had to get permission from court. And so apparently when his lawyer was interviewing him, he asked his lawyer if he could go on the trip. So cute. I was so happy. That it went well because from what i gathered from the other lawyers speaking with children in this open area some of the questions are very intense like are you happy where you are are people nice to you does anybody hit you do you feel safe really kind of intense things for kids so the boys lawyer then came up to me and told me that there was going to be a continuance today because the birth dad wasn't given proper notice of the court date. I asked if anything would happen today and he said he would try to get educational rights because he knew how important it was to me but he didn't think that the judge was going to do it. I sh- I was just so despondent, I was filled with emotions, because if you listen to Tim and Wendy's podcast, you know that court dates are postponed more often than they are not postponed. So I had prepared for this possibility, obviously, but still knowing that we were going through all of this and there wasn't going to be a resolution today was just really deflating. Little did I know that the emotional time was just getting started. We sat back down to wait for the bailiff to call us into court. Then the mom came over and sat with us. She kept trying to talk to him, but not in a meaningful way, just in a repetitive, how are you doing type of way. He had his earphones in, and the only time he would really talk was when he was asking me how to pass the the next level on his leap Pad game. The mother's lawyer called her over, and I couldn't hear what they were saying, but there was a heated argument between the lawyer and the three of them. They were all very angry and yelling at the lawyer. I kept looking at him to make sure he didn't notice all the commotion. He did not He was locked into his game. Birthmom came back and sat with us again. And she told him, Papa, tell them you want to live with grandma, okay? I quickly interjected and said, I'm sorry, we aren't allowed to speak with him about the case. She stopped. She then grabbed his hand, and was trying to hold his hand, but he pulled away to play the game more. This is pretty much how he was with her the whole time. I don't know why, he looked just really uncomfortable. Could be because we were in the most uncomfortable place on earth. It could also be because he's angry with her because she never visits, or it could be you just wanted to play his game. could be awkward to have me there as well. I don't know. I don't know what it was. So anyway, they the court uh, volunteers brought out supplies to color with for the kids, and she urged him to go over there to color with her. He finally agreed. I followed and sat with them. He colored but didn't talk. He finished one page of coloring and then turned to me at, to ask if we could go play his game more. As we were getting up, Mom pulled out a Jello to give him, and he accepted it. As we stood up, Grandma tried to give him a hug and a kiss, but he was. Just very cold. She kept saying uh, "get triste, triste," which means sad, sad. And he didn't look sad. Mom wanted him to take a picture with Grandma. She said, "Smile." He wouldn't. Instead, he made this exaggerated frowny face. They kept saying, "Come sit with us, Papa." He wouldn't move. I quietly, I quietly said, "Okay, are you ready to go sit down and play?" He grabbed my hand. And we found two open seats., oh, it just it felt it just felt everything. I felt happiness that that he wanted to be with me, that he felt safe with me, that he grabbed my hand, and I just felt so sad for everybody else there because that must have been really difficult to see. Anyway, the boy's lawyer came back and said that the holdup is that they are contending that grandma has a safe place to live. And so they are trying to verify that. He asked if grandma had been visiting, and I said she came the one time uh, with the mom. I told him my understanding of the grandma's situation. So, after the the lawyer left, I went back down to, to sit next to my boy. We were sitting there just playing his game when his mom came over and grabbed his hand and said, Come on, you're going to go sit over here. Then I said, I'm sorry, he needs to stay with me. Why? She said much louder. Because this isn't a visit and all contact needs to be monitored and I can't monitor from far away. Mom is now yelling straight up yelling in the middle of this court waiting room with lawyers and bailiffs and cops and everybody around. I didn't say this was a visit. You can still see him from here. What's the difference? I'm paraphrasing. I replied, I'm sorry. He needs to stay here. Then she started yelling something very, very loud and seemingly angry in Spanish. My heart was beating out of my chest. I was so sad. I was so sad that he was there for that. But I have no idea how much he heard, he had his headphones on, how much he acknowledged, because when I looked down at him, he just looked at bit me and smiled. <sighs> there was nothing to me that felt smiley. But I was happy that he at least seemed okay. I don't know what was going on on the inside, but on the outside, he stunningly seemed okay in the midst of all of this craziness. Then at 10.46 a.m., over two and a half hours after arriving, all of that just crazy emotions of sitting in that waiting room, we were called into court. We walked in. And the judge was sitting on a high bench, and in front of her was a long table with the county counsel, so the lawyer for the county, for, uh, for the DCFS, the boy's attorney, the birth mom, and the mom's attorney. Behind them was a lot of action with clerks and the bailiff and just all kinds of people doing different jobs. Then there was a half-wall separation and one long bench in the back of the room. The grandma and the sister sat there in the middle and asked for a translator for grandma. We walked in and the boy's lawyer asked my boy if he wanted to sit up at the front with him or in the back with me, and he pointed to me. We had emailed the lawyer beforehand to ask where uh, where he would be sitting because some judges require the children to sit up there, which just seems scary to me. But he said in an email that he would ask the child, which he did and we sat back down. And the translator was so loud that it was so difficult to hear anything. And I was like, yeah, whatever. We don't need to hear because, you know, it's just like the most important day of our lives. But anyway, the judge started by saying that they're issuing a continuance for two months so the father can be properly notified of the court hearing. The mom's attorney forcefully said that the grandmother has a place to live and there have been two visits in the past two weeks there to evaluate it and it's fine and we should be able to proceed. The judge said that we will talk about it in two months. The attorney reiterated the same thing and the judge forcefully said, am I not being clear? We will address this in two months. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. She's so firm with this attorney. The attorney said, is there any way we can do so before then? The judge said, this is our next court date. It's also the next available date for the entire court. So that is when it will happen. The judge then told the birth mom to be here on that date at 10 o'clock a.m. and asked the boy's attorney if he needs to be at court because he will be on vacation. He said, no, someone else from my office will be able to be there. She then asked if anyone had a need for the children to be present at this hearing. No one did, thankfully. Oh, court is so much easier without without the kids there to to witness all of the craziness. So then anyone asked if anybody else needed to be there. And county counsel, who I'd never met, stood up and said, we need the foster father to be present. The judge said, which one? There are two of them. My heart was so warmed by that. It's the first indication that, that anybody in this entire system knew that we were there and knew who we were and knew anything about us, which hopefully they gleaned from our very detailed caregiver report that we put a lot of energy into and the county council answered and said the foster father who's present today the judge said okay adam is required to attend and she then adjourned the whole thing took under five minutes all of that for under five minutes The lawyer gave the boy a teddy bear for him and one for his brother. And we exited the courtroom to go speak with the county lawyer and the boys lawyer. The county lawyer said, I hope that it's okay and that you'll be able to make it on, on the next court date. Since you were with the boys all the time, I will need you to testify. I said, Oh, I would be happy to. It was so nice to be recognized as one of the people who, is with these boys 24 hours a day. And it just felt like that produced knowledge that may be useful to this actual case. So anyway, then I turned to our oldest boy and I just gave him the hugest hug and told him he did so well today. And he asked, where are we going now? Here's the thing. I say no a lot. I feel like it's just a parenting trap that you fall into where you're put in situations where you have to say no a lot. It's so frustrating. Today was my yes day for him. I just, I just wanted to say yes to anything that he wanted. And so I said, I'm so proud of you that I will literally take you anywhere you want to go. He timidly replied with our local amusement park and said it kind of with a question at the end, like, really? Let's test this theory that you'll take me anywhere. And I said a resounding, let's go. So we went to go ride roller coasters for the rest of the day. And in the car, I, I just kept on asking if he was okay. And he eventually said, Papa, stop. Why do you keep asking me that? I said, well, because it must have been hard on you to have your birth mom and your papa in the same place. And he looked up and he was like, no, not really. Ugh, oh, that boy. Who knows how he really felt, but I don't know, it was a tough day for me. I figured it had to be a tough day for him, but he wasn't presenting that way. Maybe it was purposeful, I don't know. So we had fun riding roller coasters all day, and then the next day, we were able to get a hold of our county social worker to tell her about court, and the call was perhaps the biggest emotional roller coaster of this process. See, we were under the impression that the worst thing that could have happened for us at that time was that they could grant grandma visits, which we were fine with. But our social worker said on the phone that day that no, if they would have rolled in grandma's favor, the boys would have gone with her that day. That day, our hearts fell to the floor. We now knew that in 2 months we would have another court date that would immediately determine the rest of all of our lives if they ruled to continue with adoption and terminate parental rights we would largely be in the clear to to continue on for the adoption if they ruled that the kids were to go with grandma we would have to say goodbye to them that day the next 2 months were intense i guess is the best way to put on it like i could say awful but they weren't awful because we were we treated it like there was no tomorrow we had family visit from out of town just to make sure that they had a chance to meet them we we took the boys to every fun place possible we just blew our life savings taking them to fun places because We weren't sure if we were going to have them for much longer, and we just did everything we could to make every day special just in case, just to cherish each day with them. So that was our first day in court. Months worth of buildup and a hyper-intense waiting room coupled with just five minutes in an actual courtroom. I'd love to hear more about your court experiences and any court questions that you have. So please send them through to fosteradoption.org or on Facebook at Foster Adoption Podcast or in a review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening. Next time, whenever I get around to it, I'll tell you perhaps the even more intense story of our second time in court.